Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Welcome to episode 94 of the Disney Brit Podcast for Wednesday, the 23rd of May. Joining me, as always, is Juz. Hello, Juz. Hello, Adam. Hello, Disney Pod people. And for the first time on a pre-recorded show for a long time, it's Kez. Woo! Hello, everyone. <laughs> we we kind of lost you for a while. I know. Had... Isn't it because we just stopped being in a lot? because I don't shots. love me anymore. No, it was no, called no, we, we kept recording on anymore. nights. She's not available on purpose. Um... No, Mr. Leicester City fan. Yeah, I know. Actually, yeah, you yeah. ruined it last time, didn't you? Well, I was all, yeah, because I got it already and then suddenly realised I was supposed to be going to the football, uh, which is completely my own fault. <laughs> well, who else's fault would it have been out of the three of us, to be fair? Um, well, it's quite often yours. I don't buy Leicester City tickets. Leicester who? Me and Cash was at any minute. Oh. oh exactly. We should have just done it, Giles, shouldn't we? One time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just someone just headbutted a microphone. <laughs> Sounded like someone just headbutted a microphone. Anyway, it's it's nice to see you all. It's the first time we've all Can't got together since. Uh, well, here you. Um, it's the first time we've all sort of got together since. Uh, on a Wednesday, weeks. yeah. On a, on a Wednesday. Mm hmm. Um, and yes, believe it or not, listeners. Just made it to Mouse Meets this year, which is always good. <laughs> but then you'd stood up and then you sat down and I have still stood up and it was all very confusing. And I lost you. And... Really small news. Kez had two pieces of news, only had one. Yeah. Then you did the game. game show. Yeah. If really, it's just about Adam's show. See, really, and like you, just the people listening now listen to the show, so they'll, they'll have known that from when they listened to it. Ah, good point. Yeah, anyway. Uh, right, so we've got... No, they wouldn't, because there was no conversation at me. They wouldn't know I stood up. No, that's true. But that's awesome. not important, is it? I don't know. Uh, right, so let's think what's going on with this edition of the show. We've got our usual news and rumours to start off with. Um, and then we're going to bring you some audio from Mouse Meets. We've got two Q&A sessions that we did. Uh, we did one with Len Tester. And we did one with Bill Farmer as well. <laughs> yeah, who is goofy, and it was awesome. Seriously, we all turned into proper geeks in that room when he came on. So we're going to play you the audio from those two Q&As, um, and that's pretty going to make up the entire show, pretty much. So, um, that's, so if you're there, yeah. tough, you get to hear it again. It, yeah. If you're there, tough, you get to hear it again. But the Bill Farmer one is well worth listening to again. I mm-hmm. think, anyway. And to be fair, there's more listeners there than we actually have on download. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. There. And the Lancaster one was really interesting as well. But before we do start that, there's one piece of Disney Brit news I want to share with you. And that's that we have a new sponsor, which is Attraction Tickets Direct. They have um, kindly sponsored the, the show again. So you can find them at www.attractionticketsdirect.com. And uh, you can find out all the information about them on the website and all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, but let's do some news and rumours, shall we? No. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away.
Okay, let's uh, head into our news and rumours. And um, a, a few months ago, we were complaining about something that it seems Disney may have listened to us about because, uh, Juz, what can we now get a hold of? Finalmations from America. And the real story? <laughs> the mobile app is now available in the UK. Yay, mobile magic! <laughs> um, so everyone's seen the app. Uh, whatever went to iTunes went, oh, look, it's there. We can't have it. It's a fun and simple way to get the most out of your Disney vacation. You can use the GPS-enabled maps, which is really handy when you're 4,000 miles away. You see, I'm on the opposite now. I'm criticising it's here. Uh, And even make dining reservations and uh, up-and-coming book your rides via electronic systems reservations. So when you're in the parks, etc., you can see what's happening there. This applies to uh, interactive maps uh, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Mm -hmm. Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, Blizzard Beach, Typhoon Lagoon... It's a funny one with GPS with Typhoon Lagoon because you get your phone wet. Downtown <laughs> Disney, uh, plus there's information on dining and Disney resorts. There's loads of features in this. You can get uh, park and attraction information. You can see detailed reviews on everything, photographs, locations, height requirements. Videos. What? what? Videos. No videos. Yeah, you can get attraction videos. No, they've taken them off. No, no. They're only Americanized. Um, and you can view each park and its attractions, dining, uh, character greeting areas and interactive gps art so it's all there when you get there you can go in there character finder blah de blah de blah there's absolutely tons it's free has anybody uh, had a go at this yet yes yes that's brilliant i'm absolutely loving it because uh, like i'm playing i've got it up now so it's telling me where my character greetings are and exactly where i'll find them exactly the times that i'll find them but the one thing i really like about this is uh, on the home screen you get um whichever park it is today's events and the guide map so today's events even include things such as the Casey Corner Pianist at 3.35 or the Main Street Philharmonic, which are on at 3.55 and things like that. And you can set reminders on your phone for when they're going to come up. Um, so it's not just your bog-standard events guides and stuff like that. They're actually going to give you um, guides for other things as well, which you don't normally get. But you do get your guide maps in there. You do get mm. all of your... Um, um, all of your timing information. You get wait times, although at the moment... Yeah, the, the wait times are spot on for me. It worked out 11 hours, 33 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them, though, what it does when you're not in the park, uh, it doesn't give you an exact wait time, but I can tell you that there is no queue for Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. The halls are... Oh, that's not hard, is it? Prince Charming Regal Council. You don't need a nap to be told that. Mickey Filler Magic. Believe it or not, there's no queue for Stitch's Great Escape or the Mad Tea Party. Uh, there's a moderate wait, though, for Monsters, Inc., Carpets of Aladdin, Snow White's Scary Adventure, and Tomorrowland Speedway and the Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Astro Blaster. So it tells you, and it also tells you if uh, things are still available. So there's a high demand, for, apparently, for Jungle Cruise, and there's fast pass availability still for... Buzz Lightyear, Jungle Cruise, Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh, Space Mountain. So it's, I think it's a really good app. I thought it's really Especially considering it's free as well. Yeah, it's, it's completely free. No, because as soon as you get it, you sit there and go, oh. Yeah, you do sit there and go, oh, look, this is what I You just feel miserable because yeah. this is what's <laughs> happening. That is true. So I they should be feeling excited because you think, oh, I'll be there whenever. But Count the, great, the great thing about nine hundred and fifty. You know, the great thing about it is those events. You know, I look. I've got Epcot up at the moment. It's even telling me when the Hat Lady's playing in Rose and Crown. Uh, and cool. you don't always get that sort of information. I've just been intrigued. I'm just going to look at the uh, Animal Kingdom one and see if it tells you. It's not got anything like Divine or anything in there. But it's got Guitar Dan. Is it uh, Camp Mini Mickey? It tells you like Finding Nemo the Musical that sort of stuff. Love it. 
Absolutely. Also, it has Disneyland California as well, does, so I'm yeah. looking forward to using that of course. in September. We forgot about that. So I'm I'm loving that mm. uh, because I think that's a really useful tool. It, although, yeah, I'm with you, Jersey. It is the kind of like I'm actually quite sad that I can't actually <laughs> go and use it. But that's the, the thing. And I think no, you just sound a bit like a McDonald's advert. That's all. I just sounded like a McDonald's advert. I just thought you, you got sponsored by McDonald's. I was waiting for it. I'm loving it. Do, 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 do. I'm going to search the table for six o'clock tonight on the making reservation and see what it comes up with because it's now currently searching for a table for me somewhere. <laughs> it um, is now just taking the $10 off your... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Artist Point, Beer Garden, Bistro de Paris, uh, Cape May Cafe, Citricos, Coral Reef Restaurant... Loads available. Gco. Oh, Gco. It's so easy because you can do all of this through the actual app itself. So I'm looking at Gco, the cooking place, and I can call the restaurant if I want. Um, which I don't advise Gico. anyone doing from the mobile. Phone. I've not eaten in Boma. I, I had a, I had a meal in Gco and it's amazing. And then we went for Boma the evening after, and it was a bit of a disappointment after Gco. Hmm. I don't recommend ringing. Calling the restaurants on your mobile phone. <laughs> Are you moving away in and out of your microphone there, young man? Was I? I'm sorry. Um, so there's the app anyway. I quite like it. Just, I think, secretly likes it, but he'll never admit to it. No, I, I do. I really love it. It's just, it gets you a bit... For you to Disney speak, it gets you homesick. Yeah, but it's all right, because you're going soon. Yes, it's looking that way, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Look at you. <laughs> uh, so it's just me not going to Disney holiday this year. Brilliant. So pleased. Right, moving on. And Harry. Um, and Harry, it's yeah. nothing new there. Harry, no, no, no. <laughs> There you go, get that one in, brilliant. Uh, there's a new book coming out that looks absolutely amazing. This is one of those books I'm going to have to get my hands on. It's by Disney Editions, and it's called Poster Art of the Disney Parks. And this is uh, a book that is literally full of those great poster arts you find around the parks, some of the retro ones that you, you could never get hold of before. They've now put in an entire book. Uh, it's a hardback cover. Uh, and it's designed by Imagineer Glendon Lee. It's coming to Disney Parks at the end of May of this year, and uh, basically it's full of everything you could ask for, from Disneyland to Walt Disney World. It's uh, Radiator Springs is even going to be in there, Radiator Springs Races, uh, Tower of Terror, all the Space Mountain stuff. It looks awesome, this book. It's just full of all these poster art. And yeah, I know you can't you know, necessarily get them... Uh, on a large scale because they're in a book but they look stunning and I can't wait to get a hold of a copy of this have you guys um, seen this book yet? yeah this was absolutely fantastic obviously I've only seen the stuff that's online but it's definitely something that I'm going to have to buy <laughs> without a doubt it's a proper fans thing isn't it Jez? I was going to say Cash, yes me and you have to buy it Adam will go and blag it somehow yeah well. nah. <laughs> um, in fact I've got a book somewhere that Adam blagged and then was meant for me but still got signed to Adam <laughs> that's actually true but I didn't ask for it to be signed to me yeah of course you didn't just like you didn't ask Bill Farmer for something um, oh yeah I did do that <laughs> I might but, cut that out of the audio for the show. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's brilliant love it we'll definitely get it awesome mm. you better get it when you go out there and Kaz it'll be available when you go to Disneyland as well Woo. which is even better uh, right moving over to Kaz then and uh, Epcot alright this is something I'm really really excited about so they had the Kim Possible thing going on for quite a few years now. And finally, they've updated. There was loads of rumours that this was coming. And now Agent P from Phineas and Ferb, which is the little green platypus for people who don't watch it, um, who's a secret agent with loads of other animals with 
uh, names. So it's all very 007 stuff. Um, and it's coming to replace Kim Possible. So instead of um, all the evil... Who did she used to fight in that? Because I gave up looking at that a long oh. time. You gave it up as if it was like, oh, I give up on that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like she was addicted to it. And I thought, oh, <laughs> yeah. But I think this, uh, because I'm a massive Phineas and Ferb fan, so I'm just thrilled this is coming. So, yeah, you're going to go around the countries in Epcot in the World Showcase, and you'll have a little mobile device called a phone, F-O-N-E, which is a <laughs> notification equipment. So um, that will allow you to communicate with Agent P and his team, and you'll go on secret missions to um, thwart the evil plans of Dr. Doofenshmirtz. That'd nice. be good. So you have lots of little interactive elements, like hidden things. Um, one that's been shown on like a couple of videos on YouTube that they've been putting, um, doing some like before hours testing. There's a the evil guy from Kim Possible at the moment is in this clock tower in Germany, and like for one of the final bits, you see him being chased by the little um, German boy and girl with hammers. And so they've literally just taken that figure out and put Doofenshmirtz in. I love it. So it does look incredibly cool. I love it. It's going to be so good. Like, Finish the mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, it's one of those things that appeals to both kids and to adults, isn't it? Mm-hmm, definitely. Just uh, do you watch Finish the Because you don't watch much else. Yeah, I like it. I'll do it. Push your little <laughs> kids out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's Epcot. What more could I want? That's perfect. Excellent. There we go. Right. I, I hope that they have like meet and greets would be good because I've got the meet and greet in Hollywood Studios at the moment, but you don't get to meet and greet with Agent P. And I'd love that. <laughs> he was around for a while, wasn't he? They did test him at some yeah, point. Yeah, and then he kind of like, they phased him out. Yeah, I don't know what Sags, happened he's the best part of the whole thing for me. <laughs> yeah, and they have to I bring agree. the live show over as well. If they bring the live show over to the UK, I'll be well oh, impressed. Oh, God, that'd be amazing. That, that looks very funny. So that'll be a Disney Brit meet, there we go. There you go, sorted. Done. Yeah, Talking about Disney Brit meets, do you want to mention your little plan for um, the family jubilee yes. thing? It's Saturday, I believe it's the 2nd of June. Um, they're doing the Jubilee Festival for the Queen's thing. We mentioned it a couple mm. of shows back. And Did you say the Queen's thing? The Queen's thing. <laughs> the yeah, Queen's, that thing. The Queen's Jubilee. So I've, I've heard Jubilee too many times in the last month, hyping it. Um, but that's going to be an amazing concert. It's uh, a sponsorship between Disney and Sainsbury's. And the whole thing is going to climax in a 70-minute concert. Uh, of Disney Princess and Pirates which sounds quite cool and we are having a little mini meet and you can find the details over on Facebook and we can put a link to that somewhere as well for you in case you've not been invited already and yeah so just getting as many people as we can down to it I'm hoping to be there for it fingers crossed I wasn't invited well you were invited on Facebook yeah I wasn't invited on Facebook are you not? no oh Kaz oh Oh, how to be dissed. Isn't it? Can oh, if, I, if I look on Facebook now and you've been invited, junk man. She comes in, she takes over, she tries to upset you. Doesn't bother me. Because I thought, oh no, Jess won't come down for that. You, you don't come down for big mouse meets, so mini mouse meets. Likely. He came down for big mouse meets. That's perfect. Yeah, this part. Craig, Craig might. Craig, Craig might. It's a bit closer, he might come this time. He'll growl at it. <laughs> Bloody Disney princesses. <laughs> Hi, Craig, if you're listening. 
which you probably Love are. You. Right, let's move on then before uh, it, it gets growling. Uh, and we're going over to Fantasyland. Well, we're not actually. We're going over to One Man's Dream. Yeah, it's just really a quickie. By the way, sorry, Jars, I've just looked oh. on Facebook and you have been invited. So ah. Ages ago, all the way along when uh, Zoe was invited. You're probably just saying that. Craig, no, you look on there now because you're right near the beginning of the list. So Which shit. just shows I'm on the last ones you just invited me now. Oh, yeah, look, no. Facebook message popped up. Just oh. been invited. Your nose is going to start growing. You know that. <laughs> 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 When's Donk's coming back? He's not, ever. That's it. Anyway, Joe. <laughs> yeah, Holy Bye. God, Jesus, witters. <laughs> um, if you're visiting One Man's Dream Exhibition, you'll notice one very large change. As of the 16th of May, which was way back at the beginning of the week, um, the large model of the new Fantasyland, which has been seen at the shown to the press, someone to remember event, which none of us were invited to, I will be able for guests to have an up-close, for the first time, look at the whole thing, what's going to happen. Uh, you get to see everything almost since it's virtually completed anyway, but the whole model's there. And if you could shrink yourself down, then you could enjoy everything now and not have to wait to 2014. <laughs> so you're going to enter an empty building and think, what's well, there's nothing going on in here. There's <laughs> nothing new sometimes, though, is it? No, that's true. It looks really cool. I like these. I think the models are mm. brilliant. I like them. I, I love looking at the intricate detail and everything that they put into it uh, because it is sort of that scaled-down replica of exactly what we're going to be getting at Fantasyland. Yeah. You know, Disney do do it to scale and everything. It would be a bit pointless if they didn't do it to scale. The architects would make a complete mess of things. Well, there is that. <laughs> but I, just the way... You know what I mean. I don't. Shh. You know exactly what I mean. Stop being mean. Just because I'm never invited to anything. That's what it is. You're never invited to anything. You know you're just... Moan. <laughs> <laughs> I like the look of this anyway, and uh, it, it's only been seen at D23, and it was seen obviously by uh, at a recent press event thing. And now it's been seen by millions. Uh, of people. And now it gets to be seen by the public for the first time in Orlando, which is uh, which is good. So that's good news. Uh, right, another quickie, which is to do with the Walt Disney World Marathon. Uh, this year, or next year as it is, 2013, will celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Marathon. Every January, people have run 26.2 miles around Walt Disney World to uh, take in the sights, as well as uh, most people raising money for charity and uh, getting fit at the same time. Well, Disney have released a video over this past week to explain just what's going to be happening over the 20th anniversary. The 26.2-mile course is going to get a slight change, and for the first time ever, we'll take ESPN's Worldwide of Sports into uh, the running uh, track, I suppose. And during the mile 20, which you'll be going through the World Wide of Sports, there's loads of uh, exciting things planned for mile 20. Uh, loads of entertainment they're going to be putting on. They haven't actually announced exactly what that's going to be yet, but mile 20 is definitely going to be a good one. There's also going to be pie. a new... Probably, yeah, pie on the way Pies around. And mash and by stuff like that. 21. Sausages. Yeah, you get to 20, you're like, oh, go on then. 21 <laughs> is going to be a pile of people with Stitch. Just... Yeah. On the floor, um, not stitched. The character. <laughs> I knew he was going to say dance that. party. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll but turn he's... back and come back the other twenty-one miles. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. No, he can't do a dance party during the day because he'll be out in the sun and he'll burn. Bless him. Also, there's going to be a new post-race party in downtown Disney, and there's going to be a special twentieth anniversary medal as well. Uh, 
you can, I think, go and sign up for the marathon now, so it's available to go and do that. But do go and look at the video over on our website, and you can see all the stuff that they're planning on doing for that as well. See, that's another quickie. Uh, just some information for you there. Finally, we're getting on a plane. We're hopping over to Disneyland Paris, where I reckon it's fairly warm as it is here today. And uh, Mickey Mink Greet, Kaz. Yep. It's just like the one they have in Florida. If you've been to uh, the Magic Kingdom, there's the Town Square Theatre. They've made a similar version, but slightly better because obviously Paris is more detailed than the Florida Park. And so you actually feel like you're walking through a proper theatre with um, the queue line kind of um, snakes backwards and forwards along the aisles of the theatre. And they've still got the old stage up in there and they project the Mickey Mouse cartoons on that. And they said that it's possible that that stage is going to be used for like small private events like music concerts and things. Mm. And then you actually do go backstage. You go up the stairs and behind the stage and meet Mickey. So it's all very authentic, like you're actually going backstage, whereas the one in Florida, you literally walk through a corridor with lots of posters and to meet Mickey. And at the moment, he doesn't talk because there was talk of this with D23 saying, oh, yeah, with the new Mickey talking to guests. But that was trialed in the US and it's very like hit and miss. It only happens like once in a blue moon. And so at the moment, I say it could happen. But for now, he's still silent. How would you do it, though, in, in Paris? Because he couldn't speak to everybody in French. Well, yeah, you'd have to have, um, obviously, a multilingual cast member. And the handlers would have to kind of signal somehow what language to speak in. I just wonder whether in English. they'd be, be able honest. to do it, a Mickey Mouse voice in English. Like, with, an in- with a proper, as we would expect it. Mm. And then change to French, and it sound right. <laughs> Why do you need to change to French? Well, if there was obviously French people... They should French. learn to speak English. <laughs> perhaps they encourage the kids to learn English. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sterling. That we've got now. I'm not convinced you could do that. Well, there's no point. Only the euro is going to collapse and there'll only be us who can afford to go there with the Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's true. So uh, maybe they will. I don't know. I know they're, they're sort of using them for videos and things like that. Mm. Um, and they did test it. It'd be interesting to see whether he does actually stay. I don't know. I do find it quite freaky when you see him talking, actually. Yeah. Like the eyes blinking up and down. It yeah, because we're not used like... to it, are we? <laughs> no. um, because we're not used to it. If he suddenly starts doing it, it's kind of like, ooh, that's a little bit weird. Because it, it's kind of suddenly Mickey's gone from being the plastic face that doesn't move to the face that talks to you and mm. looks at you and blinks at you and it's I suppose in a way it's a little bit like, like dolls you know they use dolls yeah. in horror movies it's that kind of <laughs> idea hang on a second a five foot odd mouse dressed up in a suit doesn't bother you but my god if it blinks or speaks then you're freaked yeah <laughs> <laughs> is there a problem with that <laughs> no no obviously not <laughs> five foot mouse is reasonably normal <laughs> you know <laughs> It's been part of my childhood. That's Lester for you, isn't it? That's Lester for you, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, who knows? Right, that is all of the news that we have got for you for this week. Coming up next is both the Lentester uh, quick Q&A and the amazing Bill Farmer Q&A, and we will see you on the other side. Hello, Len. Hey, how's it going on? 
Hello. Everyone say hello to Len. Hello. There's a room full of people sat here wondering what you look like. Um, <laughs> a lot like this. A, a lot like that. See? Um, no, you've got a slide which hasn't got your photo on it. I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never mind. Anyway, right, tell us, where are you at the minute? Are you in Port Orleans Riverside? I am. I'm uh, standing in front of the, uh, one of the new uh, princess uh, rooms. Are you staying in a princess room? I am. Because I'm, everyone's a princess inside, Adam. That, that is true. That's uh, true. Yes, only on a Friday. <laughs> uh, so you're currently in Port Orleans, Riverside, and uh, are you down there for Cinco de Mayo? Is that right? Yeah, we. Um, so it's, it's an interesting story. Uh, my partner Laurel and I bought a, uh, a couple of houses, and we're having them done in a Disney theme. So we um, we're having our dining room done like the post-show. Space Mountain dining room. We brought our architect oh, wow. down. Yeah, we brought our architect down to sort of explain to her the concept of things like you know weenies and hubs and spokes, and to show her the uh, the kid the dining room scene and, and, and a couple other things. So we brought our architect down. We also brought um, Sam Genoway, who okay. uh, authored uh, Walt uh, the idea of Product Progress City. Yes, because um, he's an he's an urban planner, so he's able to translate architect speak to Disney speak. So we okay. brought the two of them together and we've been walking around the parks explaining to our architect, you know, the idea of like Disney landscaping and uh, show design and things like that. So it's been a lot of fun. Please don't tell me your dining room table is going to be in false perspective. <laughs> Imagine that. I, I said, I, I said now how do we get the permit for the laser fireworks show at night? <laughs> where, where, where does that come in? It <laughs> comes with fireworks every night in Len's house. <laughs> Uh, right, well, as we said, we've got a room full of people. They've got some questions that no doubt they're going to ask you. Um, but before we do, do you want to explain a little bit about basically what your day job is? Because you are involved in the unofficial guide. You're involved in touringplans.com. Uh, do you want to explain sort of all that for those people in here who maybe don't know what it is? Uh, sure. Um, I'm Len Testa. Hello. I, I co-author the unofficial guide uh, to Walt Disney World and seven other theme park books. Um, the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World is one of the best-selling travel guidebooks in the world. Most years, it's the uh, best-selling travel guidebook in the world. Should I have um, the, I a, the bell at a, that point? Sorry? Should I have the bell at that point? You just mentioned an official guide. That's right, isn't it? It is. It's in, yeah, it's official guide, yeah. Um, and uh, I also do a, a book on uh, British theme parks. It's called uh, The Unofficial Guide to Britain's Best Days Out. It's a small book. Um, <laughs> It's a, it's, it's a small thing, yeah. When we call best, you know. <laughs> the, uh, so I covered the, I covered the five uh, largest theme parks in the, in the UK. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I also um, run uh, touringplans.com, and when I say run, I mean I let other people run. Uh, I do some development work there, uh, mostly on touring plan software. I help with the blog, um, and then run the day, sort of the day-to-day operations there. And touringplans.com is a trip planning website for Disney. Works primarily Walt Disney World, also um, Disneyland. Okay, so that sort of stuff. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you a question, then Kaz is going to take the microphone and go and see people. Now, uh, touringplans.com, I will vouch that touringplans.com really does work. Okay, now this sounds, if you, if you sort of tell somebody, it sounds really weird um, because basically it tells you which rides to go to when, and right. there will be the shortest wait. Okay, and I will admit I was a proper skeptic when I first heard about this. It's like, yeah, all right, yeah, like they can actually tell you when there's going to be the shortest wait. And then you use this thing and you go, 
this actually works. This is amazing. This is like, this is like Disney gold dust. Um, so, you know, it, can you explain just how this toy, these toy implants actually work? Sure. So, um, so the, the thing that it's turn, uh, we do at Turing Plus Icon is if you tell us the attractions you want to see and, you know, the character greetings you want, you want to experience and when, you're, when you want to eat and when you want to take breaks in the park, we'll, um, we'll use some really sophisticated uh, scheduling software to figure out the order in which you should do those things to minimize your weight in line. And it's a, it's a result of a really complex process that's taking us, taking us more than uh, 10 years to figure out. So every day we have people in the theme parks who do nothing but enter wait times for us. So they'll literally walk around the parks um, and write down the posted wait time at, at, at every attraction in the park. And then we have three statisticians whose job it is to figure out if Disney says the posted wait time is this, then you'll actually wait that in line. And, and the information that we use is the, is the actual wait time. And we have an application called Lines. It's available on, in iTunes. It's available in the Android Marketplace um, that will actually tell you all of this information as well. But the, uh, the, the, we feed all of that information into a into model that the statisticians have created that will tell us for any day of the year what the wait times are likely to be at every attraction in every park. And then from that, the, the scheduling software runs and figures out if, if those are the, the wait times for the attractions, then here's the order which you should visit them. And that was my, uh, that was my graduate school um, research, actually. So while, while other, other people were cutting up frogs in basements late at night, I was visiting Walt Disney World for graduate school. It's the best decision I've ever made in my life. Brilliant. Right. So should we take some questions now? Who's got a question for Len? Hello. Anyone? Come on, don't be shy. Hey, Dad. There we go. Hello, Len. Hello. What, what first got you interested in Disney? Ah, the great question. Um, so it was, a, it was a trip that I took with my grandparents when I was six, so first grade. It, it was uh, 1974. And uh, I remember distinctly visiting Pirates of the Caribbean and just being really impressed with the setting of Pirates Specifically, the lighting. You know, in, the, in Pirates, they have the lights that flow like candles. And I, I remember thinking that somebody had to create a light that flickered like a candle. I was being very impressed by that. And I fell in love with Pirates. And so then we, moved, we were living in Florida, so we went all the time. Excellent. Anybody else? Come on, guys. Yeah, I just went to Jico last night, if anyone wants to know about that. <laughs> Um, hi, Len. It's uh, Alan here. Um, hey, how are you? How, how technical do your touring plans go? If, if, say, you want to do sort of park hopping, is it is it one park, or do, can you do multiple parks with your plans? It generally, what we'll, um, what we'll do is we'll, it, it, it'll be two separate plans. We'll, uh, we'll ask you for a start and a stop time. So if you know you want to... Um, there, there are two ways to do it. One is, if you know what you want to see in the Magic Kingdom, for example, and that's the park you're going to go to first, we'll tell you when it will end. And then you can build in a little bit of buffer to, to transport yourself to the park and then figure out a starting time for the other park. We, we, we don't get that many requests for park hopping touring plans yet, so we haven't, we haven't enabled it. But, um, but we definitely have advice on how to do it. Hello. I Hello. Just, I was just wondering if the unofficial guide covers the results as well. Oh, it does. So, uh, so I've personally seen every Disney resort multiple times, and, and our team 
um, revisits the resort at least every two years. So we've got, uh, in fact, the accommodation section is the largest section on the in the book. The 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 accommodations chapter alone, I think, is 200 pages, which is larger than many Disney World guidebooks itself. So we've we've stayed at every Disney resort multiple times. We've done we've done so all sorts of interesting tests on the Disney resorts as well. So for example, we've uh, we've brought digital sound meters into each of the Disney resorts to figure out which rooms are the quietest. And we've tested uh, lighting using digital light meters. So if you're um, getting dressed in the morning and you want to know what the how bright the lights are going to be in the in the grooming area, we'll tell you that. Um, we've also rated um, all of the rooms for things like pillow fluffiness, uh, mattress age, and so on. Hi, Len. Um, how many hey. people have you got at any one time researching? What's the, what's the size of the team that researches for the unofficial guide? We have, uh, we have six full-time staff. Um, we recently got a healthcare plan, which I know to you in the UK is nothing, but here in the US, very important. Uh, it, it marks us as an official company. Uh, so six full-time employees. We've got probably 10 part-time employees, and then we've got you know, bloggers and various people that we call when we, uh, when we need help for things, and there's probably about 20 of those. So... Um, we're, um, we're, we're growing at about uh, two or three people a year right now, which gives you an idea of, of how fast we're growing. In terms of uh, user base, by the way, we're doubling every year. We've doubled every year for the last three years. We're on pace to almost double again this year. There's a few more coming. Hang on when we're... Kezi's on the way <laughs> down to the back. Um, the, the unofficial guide is um, quite a, a big book, and the yes. unofficial guide for children is probably half that size. Is there any plans to make them available electronically? The, uh, the guide is available via ebook now. Um, if it's not in the UK, I know it is via the Amazon site. So, um, so you can get it via Kindle or iPad or Nook, whatever reader you have. I don't know if the kids' book is yet. The Color Companion is, which is our smaller sort of photo-based uh, version of the book. That's, uh, that's available via all electronic formats now as well. Uh, I think, if I'm right in, th in thinking, the unofficial guide is available by ebook, but yeah. the kids one isn't yet, I don't think. The, uh, so the next version of the kids one could be, that'll be uh, August or September. We're converting right. all of the titles of. Excellent. Um, hi, Len. I was, um, I'm going on a holiday in September, and one of the things that I liked was looking at the crowd calendar on touring plans, because it sort of said that the time that I'm going is thankfully one of the least busiest times. How do you generate that information? We, uh, we use the times that we collect from the attractions every day. So in a given day, we'll, uh, for any park, we'll, uh, we'll measure several hundred um, wait times. And what we do is we know that certain attractions are better indicators of crowds than others. So, um, so for example, um, Splash Mountain is not a very good indicator of crowds because on days like New Year's Eve, where it might be cold outside, um, no one wants to ride it, even though it's the busiest day of the year. So over the, over the years, we've determined which um, attractions are the better indicators of crowds. And we'll take the wait times that we collect from those attractions every day, and we'll figure out a wait time for that day. Then we'll use our forecasting models, which take into account um, what it, what's happened in the past, um, hotel occupancy trends, any holidays, 
uh, or changes in school schedule, any shifting U.S. holidays, um, and we'll predict the future for that. And generally speaking, we're, we're, we're fairly accurate. accurate. If we say that uh, the crowds are going to be five on a scale of one to ten, 90% of the time we're plus or minus one on that. And our goal is to be plus or minus 0.5. It is really that accurate. It's quite scary. Yeah. Uh, also, you have the Lines app, which is something people can use in the parks to find out the wait time. Uh, now, I want you to tell the story. That I want you to tell these guys the great movie ride story about the cast member uh, there. Because <laughs> this story is brilliant. So we, we, just, we just introduced Lines, and you know, we, were, we were obsessing about the accuracy of Lines. So we were... Um, we had two pieces of information that we that we give out in lines. Um, one is the posted wait time, and then is the actual wait time. And we're we're walking by, we're testing it in the studios one day, and we're walking by a cast, cast member at uh, a great movie ride, and the the sign wasn't the sign wasn't reflecting what we thought the posted wait time. I think the way the the signs something like thirty minutes or forty minutes, but there was literally no side, so we we thought it was wrong. So we asked a cast member. What the what the wait time was, and he pulls out his phone and he looks at lines, and says, "Oh, it's ten minutes." <laughs> and we we stopped and like, "Well, where did you get that information?" He's like, oh, "I got this app called Lines." I'm like, "Okay, don't that <laughs> because because we're relying on you to tell us what it is. You can't look at us and tell us what it is." It was great. He was using our app to tell us what the wait time was. I love the fact you've got cast members yeah. actually telling <laughs> so, you what the wait time so, was. I was app. with Fred, the statistician. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, no. But the, here's the funniest thing. Here's the funniest thing that I've ever heard about cast members. Cast members will use our crowd calendar, and specifically the um, the, the the crowd index for each park to figure out which restaurant they should work at for that day. That's brilliant. To get better tips. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. We oh. and we had never thought of that, and we're like, you know, we, the, the uh, you know the cast members were telling us this. We you know we hang around with them, and you know we know a few of them, and they're like, yeah, we, you know, I use this primarily. I subscribe just so I could get extra tips on the off day, as I'll pick up a shift at Epcot if I know it's going to be busier. Yeah, that's a genius. <laughs> that is genius. That's brilliant. Uh, let's uh, let's find out a little bit more about uh, you and your likes. Um, so I'm going to throw this out because we've got a lot of vinyl nation collectors here. Vinyl nation in the UK has grown over the past year uh, horrendously. It's massive now. Um, are you a vinyl nation yes. collector? I'm not, but my partner Laurel is. She's uh, she's picked up a few. She just uh, she just got the Disney Cruise Line uh, minifigures. Um, she was just on a, a for, for all of you who, are, who, who hate your day job, um, I had to send an employee on a cruise to figure out what it was like last week. Thanks. Didn't think of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and I had to ask her to do it, too. I was like, I know you're going to be gone for nine days, but could you please go on this cruise for us? Take lots of pictures. <laughs> I'm so in the wrong job. <laughs> Have we got some more people with questions? Kes is dying to have the microphone. Oh, Michael over there has got a question. Don't treat yourself hey. over, please. Hey, Michael. Hi, Len. It's Mike. I showed you around Chessington a couple of years ago. Mike, how's it going? It's good. Are you going to be coming back over for a vision anytime soon? I, I, I'm hitting Southern Europe this year. I'm doing a uh, doing family trip. I'm doing a uh, Barcelona, Lyon, uh, Vicenza, and uh, in Venice. But uh, next year or in the fall, uh, either the fall of this year or early next year, I'll be back and and we're going to uh, redo the Britain's Best Day Out Park uh, book. Excellent. We should, uh, we, should go, we, we should go back and do a few more parks. That'll be fun, Mike. There you go. Mike, you got a date. Hope your mom's doing well. 
Any more questions from people? We've got a few more minutes with Len. Probably another five minutes or so. Uh, everyone's gone very quiet. Have you guys seen the, oh. have you guys seen the new menu uh, the new menu feature online? So, we've, uh, so one of the things that we, we ended up doing was uh, we took menus from every food cart, every kiosk, every stand, wow. every counter service restaurant, every sit-down restaurant. We entered them all into lines. That's cool. Is Len gone? I think we might have lost him. Right, let's see if we can reconnect to Len. Uh, let's find out. He does seem to have dropped connection uh, and vanished offline. Okay, here we go. Let's try him again. No. Call is dropped. Okay, let's just try again. Once more. Len went offline. Oh, no. Rubbish. Okay, he's back, I think. There we go, Len, you're back again. Are you there? Sorry about that. It's all right, Skype doesn't like you talking about menus. Uh, yeah, anyway, not. Nick's, Nick's so, uh, got a question for you, I think. Hi, Len. Um, just a quick one. Um, what's your favourite result and also your favourite attraction at any of the parks? Oh, good question. Um, so my favourite... I have a favorite resort in every category. They're they're hard to they're hard to separate. Um, in the moderates, I really like Port Orleans Riverside. I think for the uh, for the architecture, if you'll if you notice the um, the manors and the um, the bypasses are arranged in an orderly way. They represent the um, the distance from the city. So the the, the the magnolia or sorry the uh, the manor houses start very formal closer to the city, and as you get farther out they become less formal. So um, the iron uh, railings turn to wood railings. Fountains that are out in front of the first few buildings are not present in the second and later buildings. And then the um, in the the bayou buildings, the farther out you get, the more you see groves of trees and swamps and things like that. It's a, it's a really a great story if you if you know it. Uh, and things like that I, I love about uh, Disney Resorts. My, uh, my favorite um, deluxe is the Polynesian. I think the, the setting is wonderful and the food's pretty good too. Um, in terms of attractions, it's hard to pick one. Uh, my favorite ride is Splash Mountain. Uh, it's, it's one of those rides where it's, a, it's at least a 15-minute ride if you're going to wait for 45 minutes, and I, I like those sorts of things. And I like theming and I like the fact that it's a family-oriented ride. Hi. Um, I Hello. Just, I was just wondering if you've booked into the new animation um, resort yet and if you've <laughs> looked into it at all. I have. It's, uh, so it opens at the end of this month, and we'll, uh, we'll be there within a week of that. Um, we've, uh, we toured it last week. With um, with it, with a media preview, and it looks it looks great. One of the interesting things about uh, animation as a value resort is, you know, how every other value resort has exterior hallways. You have to walk on the outside to get to your rooms. On on animation, some of the buildings have interior hallways, so it's more like a deluxe. And the rooms are large. They're um, the suites are 565 square feet, which is um, it's bigger than either the suites at um, All-Star Music or the cabins at Fort Wilderness. So I'm excited to see that. You say you went on the media tour, which means you would have got the opportunity to head into New Fantasyland for the Hollywood uh, Actually, the, the only certain people did. You had to sign up on, with that uh, three months in advance, so, so no. But oh. 
Um, have you guys, you, you guys have seen the photos on places like WW Magic, right? Yes, yeah, we've seen all the photos yeah. that have gone up. Uh, it yeah. looks amazing. Have you been into Storybook Circus yet? I have, actually. I was there uh, last month. It looks, it's, it's very pretty. The, um, the one thing I really like is the addition of uh, the waters and, and fountains um, underneath Dumbo. That makes it a completely different ride at night. Okay. Because the interplay of the light and the water and the, spin, the spinning elephants. Um, it's really, really pretty. And the, uh, the Fantasyland um, train station there is, is very, very pretty as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do the, um, the, the pathways around Dwarf's Mine Train. Because if you, if you think about how you might travel from one end of Fantasyland to the other, you're either going to go above um, Seven Dwarves Mine Train, sort of towards the back of Fantasyland, or you're going to go below. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do the walking there. That's my one big question about the expansion. Just uh, well, my, my, sorry, sorry, my other question about the expansion is why it's going to take until 2014 to get Seven Dwarves Mine Train open. Mm. It's a, that's a whole other show. Uh, my, uh, just one last question. It kind of links back to touring plans and obviously with the new Fantasyland expansion. Obviously, this is the biggest expansion of the Magic Kingdom for years, and it's also doubling the size of Fantasyland. How mm-hmm. is this going to affect touring plans? What, how are you going to get around sort of changing this as quickly as possible and, and getting everything up to date? We started, uh, we started modeling things uh, about six months ago. So we've got, we, we know what the capacities of the attractions are, and we know what eventually um, their demand is likely to be. The, the interesting thing is this. If you add up all of the capacities of all of the new rides and shows that they're adding in Fantasyland, it's like adding almost two space mountains to Fantasyland. So we were able, we're able to figure out what the capacity of each attraction is. For things like um, the aerial ride, the Little Mermaid ride, they have one in DCA, so we know what the, what the throughput is. We know how many people can handle. We know what the demand is likely to be for that, and that helps a lot. Um, we know similar things for, for the seven-door line train. So we're able to sort of project out what the capacity is likely to be. We take some guesses about demand. Um, so for Seven Dwarfs Mine twin Train, we think it's going to be something b- between Barnstormer and Big Thunder in terms of popularity, maybe a little bit more than that. So we feed that into our models. And then even before the, attra- the, uh, the attractions open, we'll have people um, walk through the, the areas. And if we think that, that for example, that uh, the seven, dwar- seven Dwarves Mine Train is going to be a 20-minute wait, we'll have them wait for 20 minutes there, pretend to ride it, and then continue with the touring plan. So we'll start testing touring plans even before the rides are open. Wow. That's quite impressive. You are that far advanced. It's excellent. Uh, well, that's it, I think. Uh, we don't have any more time. Oh, well, Craig Lucas has got one quick question. Sure. Uh, he's desperate. Sure. He's got his arm in the air. He's got a beer in the other <laughs> one. Um, here he goes. Good morning, Len. Morning, Craig. Uh, I've just listened to the last two touring guides with Jim Hill, where you walked around oh. Universal. Yes. Uh, oh, do you think you'll how how Universal compares now to Disney, and will you add Universal to touring plans in the future? It's uh, we plan on adding it this year, uh, so it's one of one of the two destinations we're going to add along with the cruise line. Um, yeah, it's I think I think part Universal are just brilliant. Um, I, I I didn't read the Harry Potter books, and I didn't know anything about the mythology before I um, went this last month. And I've got to say, it's a, it's an impressive set of rides. The um, the detail is the detail inside the queue is is really like being the castle. It's it's so much more detailed than anything in any theme park I've ever seen. 
that it's, it's difficult to explain. I mean, the, the pictures talk to you. You could literally stay in the queue for four hours and probably not see anything twice. Um, bathrooms, they have, they have the right voices piped in. Apparently there's some spirit based in the books that only appears in bathrooms. Uh, yes. They've got that. It's really, uh, it's really interesting. And, uh, and if you can't get a sugar high off of butterbeer, uh, you're not human. It's, the, it's <laughs> the, single, the single greatest drink ever invented by man. I don't know what kind of chemicals are in it. I don't really care. But the, uh, but the frozen butterbeer is just really a treat. It really is. And we've finally got it here in the UK with our Harry Potter attraction that's uh, just opened near London. So... Uh... So yeah. we're going to begin uh, to taste it over here as well. Uh, well, uh, thank you, Len. That is really all the time we've got. Uh, it's great to, A, talk to you in Walt Disney World, uh, B, to hear about Twin Plans, and C, to find out about everything that you've been up to and uh, are doing in the future. So uh, we thank you. We, uh, we can give you a round of applause, whether you'll hear it, I don't know. <laughs> thank you guys for having me very there much. You go, there you go. They're all pleasure. clapping. That is real. That's not just some sort of sound effect, I promise. So thank you, Len, uh, and we're going to carry on, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Adam. Take care. Attraction Tickets Direct is the UK's number one ticket provider for Disney, Universal, and the worlds of Discovery Parks. They offer unbeatable prices and expert advice on all the major tickets and attractions in Orlando, California, and Paris. The service Attraction Tickets Direct provides is second to none. Lines are open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a week. Customers receive real tickets, not vouchers, within seven days. And there are no hidden extras, such as credit card fees or postage surcharges. Now that's what you call great service. Log on to www.attractionticketsdirect.com or call free on 0800-975-0002. the characters uh and for some reason worse goofy just kind of stuck uh i could kind of do a mickey kind of if you can do that falsetto you get in the ballpark and oh boy wow and my donald wasn't very good that's about the only thing i can say is donald but uh, goofy was the closest one um i lived in dallas texas at the time i got out of radio got into stand-up comedy for about five years and on the advice of some people came out to hollywood and as luck would have it it's just blind luck uh, about four months after i got here my agent said do you do any of the disney characters um michael eisner had taken over the company and there were four or five guys doing mickey and donald and goofy at the time and there was no consistency and roy disney michael eisner and company wanted to settle on one voice for each of the main characters and so i just got a tape of the original uh, voice pinto colvig practiced it over a weekend did an audition and they liked it. Out of about 1,100 people, I think, that uh, tried out, they liked mine the best, and I've been doing it ever since. Goofy. Wow. I, do you know what? I, I'm standing here going, I need to ask a question, and I don't know what to say. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> we've got a, so we've got a room full of people here who, um, who no doubt will have questions for you. So uh, who here has got a question for Bill? Uh, we're going to come around and, and, and sort of see all these people. Hopefully my lead will be long enough to reach. Okay, here we go. Hello, Bill. It's Mike. Hi. It's Mike here. 
Uh, what other characters do you do apart from Goofy? Uh, well, of course, uh, I, yeah, Pluto doesn't get the PR, but whenever you hear barking is Pluto, well, that's me. And uh, so uh, he just uh, doesn't get the lines that Goofy does, but he's still such a great character. Uh, over the years, I've done, um, um, well, going back to Prince and the Popper, our first featurette that was released. I also did, uh, uh, in that one, Mickey's tutor, who was Horace Horsecaller. And Horace is one of the original Disney characters, but never had a voice until Prince and the Popper. And we kind of came up with a very kind of droll character as he was Mickey's tutor in the castle. And um, we came up with that kind of on the spot. Um, of course, across the board to other companies, Warner Brothers, I've done Bugs and Daffy and Foghorn, Sylvester the Cat, Yosemite Sam over the years. But... Uh, I'm not the official voice of those. They don't really have an official voice. That studio will use different actors depending on the project, the uh, director, who they like, stuff like that. Disney is the one that they have settled across the board for, uh, you know. Uh, so I'm mostly well known for uh, Goofy and Pluto, and I've also done Sleepy of the Seven Dwarfs and uh, some of the Lost Boys and Peter Pan. I've uh, done a lot of background voices of incidental characters in a lot of the Pixar movies like Toy Story, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Bugs Life, uh, Cars, uh, just kind of whenever they need a voice, I kind of am one of the guys they call. Are you working on one in particular at the moment? Um, you know, it's kind of, we're always the last to know. Um, I never know what the projects are because it's usually, uh, there's very little lead time. Uh, they will come up and the voice is one of the last things they do uh, before they send it off to be animated. So we're still working on uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, but when they have a script ready, they just call me and they say they need me about tomorrow or the next day. Um, so there's very little lead time. One thing I have been working on, uh, we did a pilot for a new television series called 7D, which is kind of a prequel to 7D, uh, the Seven uh, Dwarfs, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's a TV show, and I am Doc in that one. So that's an upcoming project, but there's very few that I know very far in advance. <laughs> um, uh, hi, Bill. It's uh... Hi. Georgina, I was just wondering, uh, as you're the voice of Goofy, and there's like this um, new ride at um, Fantasyland based on Goofy, have you had much to do with stuff that goes on in any of the parks? Absolutely. Anytime they need the voice, it's me. Uh, which ride are you talking about? There's one uh, in Florida for the great Goofini. Yeah, that was there's the one I was on. That's about, the yeah. one? Yes. Uh, I have not recorded everything that I need to, and I don't think, is it open yet? I don't even know. It's um, phased opened, yeah. Okay, then, yeah, I did it sometime in the past. I always forget <laughs> what I do. I've done well over 3,000 different projects for Disney, and the, the lead time on a project for the, uh, uh, the parks is usually pretty long, so I may have done it like last year. Oh, but wow. uh, be assured, if you heard Goofy, it's me. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um, I've got a question for you, which is sort of to do with, obviously, your working environment. We all know that um, recently we had the sad news of, of Wayne Allwine dying, uh, yes. who was obviously the voice of Mickey, and obviously you would have known him extremely well. Oh, yes. How, how was it, obviously, at the time of that happening? And, you know, how did you guys and Disney deal with that and, and sort of move forward without it trying to affect too much of what the, the work that you guys do? Well, there can't be a 
total replacement, obviously, because Wayne was such a great friend, and he and uh, Rusi, who provides the uh, uh, voice of Minnie Mouse, who incidentally is going to be over here later on at a party at my house, so we are very close. Um, there's no way to replace someone like that. If you knew Wayne, he was an incredibly talented individual. Probably 5% of his talent was on display with Mickey Mouse. He was a, a brilliant uh, musician, a very, very funny, witty guy. And the character of Mickey doesn't always, you know, let him, uh, didn't always let him show his wit, except in live interviews, radio interviews in Florida and such. Um, so there's no... A total replacement. Now we have Brett All uh, Brett Iwan, who is a young guy, a illustrator from from the Hallmark Company, who just happened to have the ability to impersonate Mickey flawlessly. He came down, young guy, he's about twenty eight years old, and he's got some literally very big shoes to fill, and is doing a great job, and really sounds a lot like Wayne and. The personality, the acting, and all of that kind of comes along a little bit slower because it's it's hard to it's hard to fill the shoes of someone like Wayne Allwine. He will be uh, sorely missed. Hello, I'm Kelly. Hi. Um, I'm just wondering, aside from Goofy, you've done all these wonderful characters. Which has been your most favorite? Um, of the Warner Brothers characters, I have to say uh, Foghorn Leghorn. If you know Foghorn, he's that big yeah. chicken. I don't, I don't want, that boy don't pay attention to me. If I can get down there that, this early in the morning. But he's got a great character, and I was uh, fortunate enough to meet the great Mel Blanc shortly before he passed away in the late 80s. And, uh, you know, he was, of course, giant, a giant in the animation world. And I've been very thrilled to do a few of his characters uh, sporadically over the years. But... Uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, probably Foghorn of the other ones I've done. Um, but Goofy was my favorite Disney character growing up, so I couldn't be happier with the the luck that I've had in getting that character. Uh, thank you very much. Um, now, you are uh, obviously been working with Disney for years and years, as you said, 3,000-odd yeah. projects. But um, I think one of the, the greatest accolades anyone working for Disney could have is becoming a Disney legend which I know you have had the great pleasure of becoming. Can you explain a little bit more to us about what that means to you and about basically what becoming that Disney legend is? Um, Disney legend, I believe, started in early the early 80s. I think Fred McMurray was their very first Disney legend, and it was a way for the company to honor people that they felt, you know, really, uh, I guess, either exemplified or gave a... a great amount of their you know, career to Disney, and they just want to show appreciation for all of the stuff that you've done over the years. And uh, it, it's a tremendous honor. We did ours in 2009, and it was the first one that was a public uh, awards. Every, one, every other uh, award ceremony had been done on the Disney lot in the Legends Plaza. This one was done at the D23 convention in Anaheim in front of about 4,500 people. And I was so thrilled because uh, I got to uh, get inducted as a, a legend along with Tony Anselmo, who does the voice of Donald Duck, uh, Robin Williams, Betty White, and all of the actresses from the uh, Golden Girls. Um, I, uh, 
I'm, I know I'm forgetting a couple. Uh, Leota Toombs, uh, who was the uh, costume designer for, say, Pirates of the Caribbean, all of the great rides at Disneyland, and also in the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland, and then was the original head that was floating in the crystal ball in the seance room. That was her, <laughs> one of her only on-screen <laughs> performances, as it were. And uh, it was just a tremendous tremendous thrill to get to uh to get to be honored in that way and i i'm very very honored um hi bill it's alan here um, hi you've, you've mentioned you'd get involved with the parks in um the america um united states even i'll start again yes um do you also get involved with the disneyland paris um goofy absolutely whenever they need the uh the english speaking voice uh my french isn't that great um, actually, it's kind of interesting. We do record quite a bit for Tokyo Disneyland. In Tokyo, they seem to have a, an affinity for the English voices, which brings up an interesting story is uh, of uh, different language goofies. Now, Disney translates a lot of their projects into about 40-some different languages, so they have a division that does nothing and finds Disney characters from all of their projects in different languages. And, for example, we um, did a series of games called Kingdom Hearts. Now, they were first produced in Japan. So I was listening in my headphones to the Japanese Goofy while I'm relooping it into English. The Japanese Goofy had studied my voice when he got the job. And so it was very odd, me looping a guy who had studied me to learn how to do the voice that I did. It was very convoluted. And it's also very kind of weird to hear in the uh, other end of the phone, voice kind of sounds like, Ooh, it's a very odd kind of goofy. And so it was a, a lot of fun. Once uh, I got to have lunch with the Chinese and the Norwegian goofy who were in Burbank to visit the Disney Studios, and that was kind of an odd thing, too. So to hear these characters in other languages is, is a real trip, but I don't, I don't try to do it too much. <laughs> um, hi, Bill. My name is Tara. Um, I was just wondering, out of all the projects you've done, whether it's like parks, films, or the cartoons, is there any one that really sticks out sort of close to your heart for any particular reason? Uh, probably a goofy movie. First of all, it was uh, the first full-length feature film starring any of the Fab Five, uh, and that came out in 1995. Also, it was a father and son picture, and my son was a little bit younger than Max was portrayed in that in that movie. And but it was a real bonding thing for us too because he was just getting old enough. He was about four or five to kind of start getting what all of this is that, okay, dad does this weird voice and he gets paid for it and people like that. And I remember we were on the um, Disney uh, lot in a screening room and we had uh, just seen a goofy movie uh, in a private showing. And as we were leaving, my son was kind of crying. And I said, well, what's, what's the matter, Austin? And he said, well, when, when Goofy went over the waterfall, I thought it was you. So that was a very touching thing that I remember about that. But it was a, a hard project. It was a long time in realization. But I think it came out to be even a better movie than anyone expected. And um, I, I'm really proud of that one.
Hi, Bill. It's Simon. Um, I was Hi. just wondering if um, you've ever caught yourself doing Goofy's voice anywhere in public. You know, as I get older, I think I start blending into Goofy a little bit more. People always say that, you know, I'll say a couple of words and I'll kind of stylize them like Goofy. And so it's very easy to kind of do a halfway between me and Goofy and say, come on over here, you know, rather than come on over here or come on over here. You know, it's kind of, I do it so often that it just kind of becomes natural. And I think we'll just blend into one before very long. Hiya, Bill. Hi. I was just wondering if, I know we've been away this weekend and we've caught the kids talking in their sleep. I wondered if you've ever been caught doing any of the voices in your sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't, I don't seem to talk in my sleep and my wife has never reported that and it would probably scare her. But <laughs> I haven't had that experience yet, thank God. <laughs> Hi, Bill. Um, is there any character's voice that you'd like to play? Oh, they're all the time. About um, any character of the Disney characters. Um, let me see. The main ones. Well, uh, I would love to be able to do a better Mickey and Donald. Um, they're fun to play with. Donald is extremely taxing, though. And poor Tony, after a session, he's pretty well physically tired because you have to tighten up your diaphragm and force all that air, and he can, like, turn purple sometimes when he's really doing it. So I think I got the best of the lot, really. Um, there's always projects that I wish I was working on, on other television shows, and there's a lot of great actors out here that uh, I compete against all the time for cartoon series and, and stuff. And, you know, I can't think of anyone in particular right offhand um, animated movies, there's always, you know, characters that say, oh, I wish I could have done that one, but none comes to mind right now. Hello, Bill. Um, you were saying that you still work on Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse. Um, are there any plans for any more, um, not adult, but um, aimed at an older audience, uh, any programs coming up with the original uh, Fab Five? Uh, yes, there is. Um, there are uh, a, a series of shorts that are in development now, and I don't even have a name for what they are, but I believe they are, I'm not even sure if they're in CGI, such as Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, or 2D, as in traditional animation, but they are toying with a lot of ideas. And we did a pilot for one that was... Um, and under the, it was kind of a short, just a series of short cartoons where it is more of the traditional Mickey, Donald, and Goofy in an adventure, like the old 1930s cartoons. Um, but there, I haven't heard any more word on that after we did a, uh, you know, a pilot episode, and then they've got to take it in, what, tweak it, see what they want to do, what they don't want to do, and go back to the drawing board. And as I say, I'm always the last to know because it's already been through development and a script has been made before we ever go in the studio. And so the last thing they do is record the voices and then send it off to be animated. So. They are doing some things, but I don't have that much information on them, and they, <laughs> they're, uh, they're changing them all the time, and, you know, when the uh, executives get done with it, then I get it. Well, we, uh, we're coming to the end of our time, which everyone's currently, I've just had several people say to me, I could just listen to you all day, uh, but sadly we can't. Uh, our last question, Andre, what have you got for us? 
I just wondered what the, uh, the time scale on working on a project is. Uh, do you work with the other actors? Do you work individually? Um, and how long does a, does a, a typical project uh, take from, from, from you getting involved to completion? It totally depends on the project. For example, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Uh, we get a script. We go in. We used to record ensemble, but they, Disney has found it out, and different studios do it differently. Sometimes they still do it ensemble. Um, we do it generally one at a time, which I don't particularly care for because I love to talk with all my friends, and you know. But I think for the uh, the engineers and the uh, to edit this, it's easier if I go in and do my lines and they'll pick the best take out of, say, five takes and then they'll pick Tony's best take and Rusi's best take and marry them together in the editing room. Um, so that is kind of the way Disney has done that. Um, the lead time is when I get a script for Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, for example, uh, I will record it now and I will not see it for about a year and a half. So we just ended up the main series of the uh, first five seasons of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Whether there's a sixth or not, I don't know. But the ones we just got done with will probably come out in about a year and a half. A movie uh, can be longer. For example, a goofy movie took over two and a half years of recording where they would record something. They would kind of run it and then they would see if they want to tweak it, uh, change it. Re, uh, rewrite it, whatever. Uh, a television series, um, I did an early series, uh, Goof Troop, where we did it all ensemble, and we would record the entire 40-some page script in about two hours. So it also depends on budget and all of those other things. So it varies from time to time. A toy or something like that, we go in the studio, usually knock it out in an hour or two at the most, and again, usually takes about a year lead time before I actually see the product. You have genuinely, Thanks. genuinely made my weekend. And I think you genuinely made a lot of people's weekend as well, because it's just awesome to have a Disney legend voice now, artist. I had a, a couple of questions that I don't know about. Oh. For example, what city are you in? We're in Birmingham, which is sort of oh, right wonderful. in the of... I've been there. Oh, Wow. Did it's been a lost? long time, but I drove clear from London up to Inverness on a wonderful trip wow. back in the 80s. And uh, I'd love to come back. I haven't been back since then. So you can maybe come back. If, uh, you know, maybe next time we can do it in person. I'd yeah. love to do that. Yes, please. Come I back. Just... I've got a spare room. You can come and stay and It's not a problem. It's only just down the road. Um, it was that the only question. You said you had a couple. Well, I, I uh, just said that uh, also that uh, I just had uh, a fun trip. I'm doing more traveling these days. Mm -hmm. I just got back from Australia down wow. uh, at what was called the OzCon um, in Adelaide, Australia, and stayed with some friends in Sydney. And the fans down there are tremendous, and I know they are in uh, Britain as well. And uh, if there's ever a chance to get over there, I'd love to come visit you. If you get the chance to come over here, you are more than welcome to come and visit us. Thank you, Bill. Genuinely, just absolute star. And uh, I know these guys are all sitting here with big smiles on their faces because you've been. So we thank you, and we'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Take care.
Well, that is it. Thank you once again for joining us for episode 94. I want to thank our sponsors, both Attraction Tickets Direct and TouringPlans.com. You and can, McDonald's. And, and McDonald's. Oh, yeah, I'm loving it, of course. <laughs> Thanks to Jez. Pleasure. And to Kez. Thanks, guys. And uh, make sure you email us your questions, your comments, any suggestions at podcast at DisneyBrit.com. You can also ring our voicemail number if you're in the parks, which is... He's doing ever so well. And make sure you check out our website, www.disneybrit.com. Check out our fan uh, fan page on Facebook. You can check our Facebook pages. You can friend up myself, Juz and Kez. Don't forget, Mouse Mag is still going. You can uh, download that from magcloud.com or through the Magcloud iPad app. Um, leave us a review on iTunes and check out our YouTube channel where we're hoping to put some bits and pieces up I think from Mouse Meets over the next few weeks or so you can also continue to listen to uh, the Orlando Sky Radio which is orlandoskyradio.com you can hear all sorts of different shows on there as well including Iron Orlando and all those bits and pieces and uh, that's pretty much it which leaves me with nothing else what? You can leave a voicemail on your website. Oh, yeah. The great new feature where you can leave a voicemail on our website. If you go onto the website and it uh, says, I think, hear from you or uh, something along those lines. I've forgotten what exactly the wording is. But you can go over there <laughs> and you can check that out and you can leave us a voicemail message and we can play that on the show. No one's left us one yet, so we'd like to hear one from you if you can. <laughs> so you um, only don't get any visitors. Yeah, no it's, only, it's only your mum who occasionally goes off. Yeah, me. That's it. And I've written it, so I know what's on there already. Uh, but that's everything, and it leaves me with nothing else to tell you other than the next show will be on Wednesday, the 6th of June. So until then, we'll see you. 